So what does wellness mean to you? Welcome to Wellness Wednesdays. I'm your host, Eric Collard. This week, another special guest. We have Barb Cartwright, who is the CEO of Humane Canada. You might know it as the Canadian Federation of Humane Societies. Uh, We're going to talk about pets. And you might not think about pets as part of the wellness routine, but I can tell you from personal experience, and and I'm looking forward to hearing your experience, Barb, because I know you're a big pet lover. Um, How do pets contribute to people's wellness? So before we get started and really talking about, you know, pets and wellness, give us how do you become CEO of Humane (laughs) Canada? Uh, With a lot of good luck and uh, a lot of hard work. So I've been involved in animal welfare for about the last 25 years. And I come from a background of education and geography, believe it or not. Um, But I've always had a love for animals. However, when I was about 11, I started volunteering at a veterinarian. So I thought I wanted to be a vet. And I still loved being with the animals. But... A dog it's came in. never too late. It, well, it is. Yeah. It, it was, it, it's a clear reason why. Yeah. A dog came in and had his leg cut from the top to the bottom because he jumped over a fence and pulled on barbed wire all okay. down. And there was no one else in there. I used to work on Sundays cleaning cages, yeah. right? Yeah. And so the vet said, come, you need to help me. And I did. And I could not stand the sight of blood. And that was the end of my vet <laughs> career right there. Yeah. I still can't stand the sight of blood. So yeah. all that to say, I went into education and geography, but I never gave up my love for animals. And then I had an opportunity to start working on the human side of animal welfare because, of course, most animal welfare issues are generated by humans. And so much of that is about education. And so I uh, entered into working with local communities around the world, actually, uh, on different issues, animal welfare issues that face them, whether it was conserving chimpanzees in Africa or it's the right whales and the fishermen on the East Coast or grizzlies in the local communities on the West Coast. And I just built from there and kept going. It, It really is my deep passion. We're going to come back to that a little bit, but uh, before we get into some of that stuff, what is Humane Canada? Uh, Our organization. So first of all, we're brand new as far as we've just been renamed. Uh, As you said off the top, you'd likely more know us as the Canadian Federation of Humane Societies. And we are exactly that, a federation, all Canadians love a good federation, of humane societies and SPCAs across Canada in every province and two territories. So like Ottawa Humane Society. Those groups and organizations that for almost 150 years have been working in our local communities to provide health and welfare for animals. And so we come together, we're 60 years old, and we all share a common vision of a humane Canada. And that's why we changed our name just a couple weeks ago to Humane Canada to really put out in front of everybody what our vision is and what we hope to achieve by working on the ground to improve animal welfare. And where are some of the issues that you come across in in community across the country? So some common issues that we all face. One, when I first started, I've been here seven years, was uh, cat overpopulation. So uh, our shelter system is breaking under the weight of abused, abandoned, and unwanted cats. Uh, We treat cats differently than we treat dogs. So dogs now... Why is that? Well, it's so interesting. So let me tell you how we treat them, and then I'll tell you some of my theories as to why. Um, So we tend to have a stronger ownership ethic over our dogs. So we collar them. We don't let them run at large. We vaccinate them. We take them to the vets. In many cases, we register them. They wear their little tags. Whereas cats, we perceive uh, that, that they need to be free, that they shouldn't have a collar, that they should run at large. And we don't actually take them to the vets um, very often, far less often. Um, and so they also go unaltered. 
So they go out, we let our male cat go out and run because we think he should run. We have no idea how many litters of kittens he's generating or vice versa. Um, And then often people don't even look for their cats when they go missing. There's this real theory of cat independence. And for some reason, there's something in us that we don't want to break that independence. Um, But the sad part is that is people won't look for their cats. So if the cat doesn't come home for a couple of days, they figure it's okay. And then it's a couple of weeks. And then by the time they look for their cat, their cat's well gone. Yeah. Uh, and either it's ended up at a shelter or it's ended up in at another home yeah. uh, or it's not alive anymore. Yeah. So why do we do that? Well, at least 50 years ago, that's how we treated dogs. When you think about it, if you think about looking out into your street from your house, if you saw a dog running at large, you're likely to think, oh, my God, that dog needs help. And you'd go help it. Whereas if you see a cat running at large, you'd be like, oh, there's a cat. I hope it doesn't get in my garden or whatever you're thinking. Well, 50 years ago, we thought the same about dogs, right? Dogs were running at large. We shouldn't we shouldn't be constraining them at all. They are mostly farm dogs anyways. And we've come a long way in education on what we should do with dogs. I think we've only in the last 10 years or so come to understand what we need to do for cats and that we need to shift our ethic of ownership as well. But there's also... Um, we love dogs and we tend to look at dogs and and have that squidgy feeling on the inside. There's a lot of cat disdain, people who don't like cats. And whether it's because they're too independent, whereas dogs, you know, they're yeah. kind of they show emotion. Exactly. Well, they're, they're almost human like. Almost. Yeah. And they're 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 they have that real we've we've marketed them well to have that loyalty concept. Yeah. Whereas cats we tend best to friend. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And cats we seem to more treat them they there they can be an aloofness in them, and that really angers some people and frustrates them. So we have to get past some of the negative stereotypes. That's why cat videos and the internet have been the best thing because we're now actually seeing cat ownership going up past dog ownership. All because of YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's two things. Partly, yeah, yeah. definitely, because once people started seeing cat videos, they were like, "Hey, these cats are cool." Actually, yeah. they have a personality, yeah. and they're funny, and yeah. they do crazy things, and. Yeah. And I think we like to watch cat videos because we we ourselves would like to try really stupid things sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we never do, but we can watch yeah. cats do it. The other thing is, is as we urbanize as a as a culture, it's easier to own cats than it is to own dogs. And if you get two cats, you can leave them for longer than yeah. with a dog. So I think there's also a, a cultural shift going on. I think cats don't really eat furniture all that often. Oh, they scrape them yeah. though with their... Yeah, I can see. But but again, it's like you don't come home and you're like, all of a sudden, like, where's my couch? <laughs> Who ate my floor? Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. um, you touched upon something earlier, but, you know, around the world. Mm-hmm. What's, what would be the difference? And I, I've seen some of it from some of my travels, but... I'd love to get an expert's point of view. What's the difference between uh, pet ownership in Canada versus maybe the underdeveloped world? Well, it's, a, it's interesting. So I haven't been everywhere yeah. in the world. Uh, and certainly there's different concepts, as we'll all be familiar with. Some cultures eat cats and dogs, whereas we revere cats and dogs. Uh, we don't see a problem eating pigs, but we would certainly see a problem eating cats or dogs, whereas in other cultures it might be different. But around a pet ownership ethic, what I've experienced is uh, there's a lot more freedom in those other communities. In our communities, we are we do exert a high level of control over our animals. Um, and why do you think that is? Oh, because we've been trained to, right? It's it, it's socially unacceptable not to have your dog on a leash while you're walking down the street. It's socially unacceptable, and thank goodness now to not spay and neuter. <laughs> so while the communities that I've worked with. Um, in South Africa and Uganda, 
for example, they have far higher, much higher problem with um, overpopulation, but the animals do run at large. Uh, and then in other communities, you'll see they don't have access to spay neuter. So that yeah. between the running and large, running at large and not being spay neutered. However, sometimes those free dogs are super happy dogs yeah. because they're making all their own choices. Their welfare there can be quite high in those cases. Yeah. yeah so it's it's different, very different, actually, in different places. I, I like that you made me think about cats versus dogs. And yeah. we don't really think about kind of different. Well, I, I didn't really think about them. I mean, obviously, they're different species, but you, you may really made me think something different about because and you're right. Like a lot of some people don't like cats. I mean, some people don't like dogs either. But I think the, the number of, of non-dog lovers is, is probably lower than non-cat lovers. Well, yeah. And there, there has been in the past a real almost persecution um, perspective on cats like it's not just a, oh I don't like dogs it's a, I hate cats like I, I hate them what do you think that is well there's lots of stuff written about um, the historic ethic of or the historic image of cats um, the female the the dogs represent the male cats typically t- represent the female I didn't look at that by, that way but that could be it's yeah. it's kind of fascinating yeah. that whole the idea that the black cat and the witch go together and so there's so many different theories you can get wrapped up and it is kind of interesting to look at the sociocultural development. However, at the end of the day, cat videos have made cats more lovable than anything else. And we just need to help people really see that they're actually had a is marketing a, problem. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's so when yeah. we took on doing this, that this goes back to your question about what are the, are issues? you the one that started all the cat videos? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> but when we took on um, a major cat overpopulation campaign for our members because the end result of all of this is that shelters many 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 cats are being euthanized maybe up to 600,000 a year across the country because 600,000 that's our estimate yeah okay. because of indiscriminate breeding yeah we have feral cat populations that are, are are coming into conflict with wild animals there's all kinds of problems and one of the areas that we looked at was cats need a publicist because we need to get people having a higher ownership ethic and we need people to stop hating cats. And so at the same time as we identified that, the cat video world just exploded. So we started a whole cat video festival and worked at helping people see that there is actually a bond between humans and cats. Yeah. Even if they're aloof, there's a yeah. bond. And yeah. so we need to celebrate that bond. And we need yeah. to bring cat lovers out of the closet. And you know who we brought the highest out of the closet? Huh. Men. Yeah. So, so many men well, wouldn't talk seen, about yeah. their cat love. <laughs> and so we had a whole, uh, we did a whole calendar of really great men and their cats and really promoted uh, cats and bros is what we called yeah. it. And guys loved it. We got like two page spread in the Toronto Star yeah. because up until then it felt like it wasn't okay for men yeah. to It's stay. manly to have a dog. Yeah. He, uh, again, maybe not the small dogs, but some. Still more yeah, manly than I'm, a cat. Yeah, probably. That's the thing. <laughs> And I still find it weird when people actually walk their cat. I've mm-hmm, seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can it's talk a really about proper good, ethic, but yeah, uh, it's it's a good yeah, way to. Yeah. Um, um, so actually, yeah. Before we get into more of the wellness aspect, what is because you, you talked about proper uh, etiquette or proper. Uh, um, what is? What are some proper tips to take care of your pet, whether it's a cat or a dog? Well, the first thing is to make a good choice of the animal that you're bringing into your home. So you are looking for your companion. So what kind of companion, whether it's a cat or a dog, uh, you might think about if you're uh, looking into a dog, are you leading an active lifestyle? Do you want someone who's going to go for a run with you? Is it a 5K run? Is it a 1K walk? 
What do you need? Is it a couch potato? Do you like to spend most of your time at home watching TV snuggled up on the couch? So you have to really identify the animal to the lifestyle. Uh, are you going to be away a lot? Is it better to have a cat? Because you're not in the house for eight hours a day, in yeah. which case then you got to think of two cats. Yeah. So really thinking about the the place and the, and the person, if you will, that you're bringing into your home, uh, the place that you have and the, and the animal. And then once you do have your animal, proper training is so important, uh, particularly with dogs who are out, tend to be more out at large in, in our communities. Um, you, you need to invest in a good training program so that bare minimum the dog knows how to sit, stay, and has really good recall. So if the dog is running in the park, you can get the dog to come back. And it has to be well socialized. Uh, cats not it, it, cats should be socialized as well, but because they spend most of their time in the home, it's not as important as dogs who are out and about. If you have a dog who's not well socialized, you end up with dog fights and yeah. unpredictable And I behavior. think also cat can do less damage overall. And I'm talking about like if it's a bigger dog, you know, yeah. there are more stuff can go wrong. Yeah. It's like... Uh, definitely having a good vet and considering pet insurance. So this is an area that's really uh, undervalued in Canada, that vet expenses are very high. And so it's better to get pet insurance up front when the animal is young because your pet insurance is le- 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 less expensive before it has um, issues, right? And then it's really an investment in 10 years from now because it's later as they get older, those vet bills tend to increase so just being able to afford your pet is important it doesn't mean you have to be rich it just means really consider getting pet insurance so that when that three thousand dollar vet bill shows up you're not faced with that terrible possibility of having to surrender your animal for example because you can't afford to keep to to pay for it you talked about uh animals getting older what's the average lifespan for dogs and, and cats it depends on the breed so if you're looking at a great dane for example it can be eight to nine years old um a lab 12 to 13 the smaller ones your chihuahuas your yeah. yorkies can live 17 years is it because they bark so often <laughs> they move around yeah. too so much. Yeah. um and then cats it does vary but you can get some very old cats like 20 22 year old cats so oh. you can imagine those last do they, and they get white whiskers they do yeah okay. yeah. yeah i had a 16 year old lab which is old for a lab yeah. and it was amazing shepherding her through her final years but she was jet black uh when we got her and by the time she passed she was pretty darn gray but she started with getting a gray muzzle first yeah yeah yeah. um getting into more of the wellness aspect uh of of animals what does an animal and i'm assuming and you guys only deal with cats and 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 dogs for the most part oh no we so i know we started talking about cats but uh, and that's a a critical companion animal issue but here at the canadian federation of humane societies humane canada we also work on farm animal welfare wildlife and animals that are in research too so the gamut we can talk about anything uh i mean i think for for most wellness people it's it's a pet i mean someone that something that's close to them yeah like a chinchilla yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) uh, but what how does a pet contribute to wellness so it's an interesting area of study over the last few years uh really quantifying how and you're right i don't think i don't think this i don't think i could be asking this question 50 years ago because 
people didn't really think that way. No, they yeah. would have bare minimum thought, well, if it's a working cat or a yeah. working dog, there's they're offering some benefit to the yeah. farm, but yeah. that would be it 50 years ago. Yeah. Um, unless you had a dog. I yeah. always, so I, I work, um, I've done a lot of work with Dr. Jane Goodall, uh, who's a, a world-renowned primatologist. So most people know her for chimps. Yeah. But her, her first teacher and her first love was her dog, Rusty. And she talks about him every single time because she talks about that immediate bond between uh, human and animal and how it's in all of our homes all the time. Uh, it's great to go see chimpanzees, but it's also great just to look in your own area. Um, so the... Um, the new research in this area is showing a couple of different things. I think we've known if you've had a dog or a cat or a bird, guinea pig, that you develop a bond. You feel closer to that animal and that makes you feel good. What we're now also quantifying, particularly with dogs, is that when dogs look at us in the eye, it actually releases oxytocin in our system. I don't know if you've heard of oxytocin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. the love drug, right? Yeah. It's the things that... When mothers see their, you know, when they're giving birth, the body releases oxytocin to fall in love with the baby. Dogs have figured out how to trigger that in us. So there's actually not just a... I think it's because they want more treats. We're caring for them, right? They (laughs) don't, whatever it is they got to do. But the fact that they've been able to figure that out, however, obviously over, they didn't all get together in a dog meeting and say, hey, everyone. But it it develops an incredible bond. And so when we say things like, they're my children, my dog is my kid, it's because of this actual chemical reaction in our body. So what else oxytocin does is gives us an overall sense of wellness. So having a pet that you are bonded to gives you a general sense of wellness. It can relieve depression because of that general sense of wellness. It also gives you a sense of relationship, which relieves it can relieve issues of depression as well, or isolation or loneliness. The other thing is with a dog in particular, it gets you out. You've got to go outside. You've got to go for walks. I know with um, with my dog, when I, I was saying earlier, I lost my 16-year-old lab. I couldn't get a new dog for about two years. Um, just I couldn't emotionally yeah. get to that. And I'm sorry he's not here today, but I did get a new dog named Gus. And it just blew my mind, the difference in my sense of well-being. And I know better. I I work with animals all the time. But he just made things feel lighter and happier. And I could feel it in myself. And I know pet owners love to talk about their pets. So what kind of dog is is Gus? (laughs) Gus, I think, is a lab-esque creature. He's white. um, And uh, he comes from the north. Okay. He uh, looks like a cross. I think he's probably got husky in him because he sheds like nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, But he comes from the north. How old is he now? He's three. Okay. Uh, he comes from the James the Bay Cree Nation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I used to work on a program through the International Fund for Animal Welfare, spaying and neutering dogs up on the James Bay Cree Nation in northern Quebec. And uh, the program continues. I haven't worked at it for a number of years. But anyways, Gus has a neat story because the vets were there to do a spay-neuter. And... Uh, they had all left. There was just the program staff left behind. And the fire department came and said, can you come and just verify for us this dog is dead? And so they drove down the road and there was this white dog in the ditch and unconscious. Uh, fortunately, they touched his paw and he moved. And so they filled him full of drugs and they brought him down to Guelph. Uh, and a vet there took care of him. He had a broken pelvis and a broken shoulder. And he healed and then I got to adopt him. So okay. he's a... He's a 
quite a funny creature. But he also comes into the office five days a week, except today, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I can see the wellness that he brings here. And each person has a different relationship. You know, if Talika's, our, our program manager, is feeling stressed about something, she'll come out and throw the ball for Gus and just re- relieve that stress. If I have heard a particularly challenging story of abuse or a problem, I'll just come out and snuggle Gus for a little while. And it, it alleviates a great deal of stress in the office. So I'd highly recommend office dogs uh, for anyone. And is there, I'm assuming, I guess, everyone that works here loves pets? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of part of the job. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, people have different pets uh, and different affinities, but everyone loves animals and understands their their core importance to us for sure. Um, Talking about companionship, my my mom uh, got a rescue dog a few years ago and and you're right. It gets her out. Um, She walks Bo probably three times a day and uh, and she has a uh, her backyard leads into the forest. So. It's, it's perfect for my mom and the dog. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a great relationship. Uh, but the thing is, like, they become people. Like, my mom tells me about Bo yeah. and, like, everything <laughs> about Bo. Yeah. Like, he's my brother. I call him my dog brother, but it's, uh, it's sometimes it's like, like, has my mom gone off the rocker? But, <laughs> but then, I, you know, I understand, like, especially if she lives by herself, you know, that companionship is huge. And I think a lot of people, like, tell secrets to their dogs they probably wouldn't tell to other folks. Yeah. You know, my son said the other day, one of his friends, my son is 11, and one of his friends was having a rough time. Uh, and I was surprised at the, the degree of rough time this child was having. So I was asking Lachlan, you know, are you are you there for him? Are you being in ear? And then we talked for a while and then he got up and he went over and Gus was lying on the couch. Gus, my dog. Yeah. And uh, Lachlan gave him a big hug and he said, you know, everyone should just have one of these at home because all I, whenever I'm feeling bad, I just go over and hug Gus. Yeah. And I thought, that's exactly it. They're, they provide a, a, a deep level of um, companionship where you can talk to or tell them anything and they'll typically listen. Cats sometimes won't stay for yeah. as long as you want them to, yeah. but dogs will listen. And they, they won't tell anyone else. Exactly. And so you have this ability. I find myself talking to Gus more than I realize. Like I would like to have a, a, a webcam or something up all day just to see how many times in a day I actually talk to him where I'm not even cognizant yeah. that I'm, I'm yeah. chattering away to him. And it does create another energy in the house. And one of the things that I, when you talk about your mom, that I worry about is as more of our population gets older, we have more people being forced into having to surrender their animals because they have to go into a home or they need a different level of care. And so we see this as a big area for focus because there has to be a way we can create long-term care where people can bring their animals. Otherwise, you're breaking this really important bond and emotional support probably at most at the most important time for the person yeah and then the other piece we see with vulnerable populations like the elderly is they actually delay going into care because they know there's no end good end point for their animal so then they begin neglecting themselves and then of course we end up sometimes with the animals being neglected as well but it was all out of a place of love and fear of losing that relationship. So it's it's something that we as a society need to deal with. Uh, you bring up a good point because I've seen some stories recently where pets go into old folks' homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so, and we can talk about the benefits of that. But before, let's. I'm going to put a, a negative uh, spin on this, just to kind of what if like if someone's an old uh, folks' home and they don't enjoy pets. 
Like how, yeah. how would that dynamic work? And so we could have ones for people who let allow animals and ones that don't, okay. right? Same way that we do for other things. Yeah. If you want to go to a hotel that allows animals, that's where you go. And if yeah. you don't, you go to a hotel that doesn't. <laughs> so I think it's, it's actually that simple. <laughs> this facility, animals are welcome. If you like animals, yeah. come see us. Yeah. This facility, animal free zone. If yeah. you don't like animals, you have allergies or you just yeah. don't want to be worrying about that, come here. Yeah. And so what the, even like on a, I think, a, a like a, a sporadic, uh, like let's say you don't have a pet, but a pet comes to your office or your home or, well, an old folks home, I, people already see the benefits. What are some of those benefits? Well, it's the, it's similar to what we were just talking about before where, uh, the animals lighten the mood and the feeling and the idea that when you stroke an animal, you actually, the studies do show that the blood pressure goes down, the body releases stress. And if you're lucky, maybe you get that oxytocin. Some people have that immediate hit, right? When they look at an animal or look at a person. Uh, and so that's why we see more and more animal assisted therapy, they call it, whether it's going in, um, Dogs helping kids with autism right here in Ottawa, Ottawa Therapy Dogs, where the child who might be too nervous to read to uh, a teacher will read to the animals and do quite well and and build that relationship. And of course, you go all the way up to PTSD dogs. And we've all, you know, for a long time had dogs who assist the blind, assist the deaf. So they're embedded everywhere. One of the things I just have to mention, we often think of dogs. But there are cats, that, therapy cats that do it. And not here in Canada as much, but down in the UK, they're starting to have therapy chickens okay. as well. <laughs> so it can be almost any animal that's comfortable being in relationship. Yeah. And it's uh, like, I think dogs for the most part, but you've already talked about the difference between dogs and cats. Like dogs become human. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, uh, like we said the people, word personhood. Yeah. They actually, yeah. they do. They have strong personalities, right? And so when you live in relationship with them, you yeah. start to realize, I understand my dog's personality. You came in yeah. uh, in our office. We yeah. have Tucker, who's yeah. with us right now, puppy. He's learning the whole world, but he has a very definite personality. And yeah. so you don't necessarily see them as quote unquote human, but you see them as persons. Yeah. They have a personality. Yeah. And it's, uh, and I think that's one of the great things about, uh, about well dog and cat and i think you're right like dogs have a more forceful personality like you can see it almost right away where a cat yeah you gotta they, win it yeah. <laughs> and most of the time it's like don't bother me like, it's like so it's, it's, although there are one of the things that i've learned more about cats so i'm a dog person yeah. uh until i started this job and doing all this research and realizing how cool cats were is uh you may not see it immediately in some cats but then there's other cats you walk in they are just like dogs and they'll come right up and they're meowing and they're rubbing up against you and they want your attention and you can actually clicker train cats just as well as you can train dogs so we don't spend any time trying to train our cats because again we have this idea in our culture that they should just run at large and be who they are but yeah uh, yeah. the um um can you you talked about your your dog and Mm -hmm. and it's almost like a different dynamic with each pet that you have. Yeah. Even though, I mean, obviously they're still your pet, and mm-hmm. but uh, it's a pretty cool thing to see how you can have two pets or two people and and have a totally different dynamic. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and uh, I've had dogs all my life, uh, so each of them different and bring different things. And I miss Hope all the time. Hope is my the lab that I was referring to. Sure. Doesn't mean I don't love Gus. But there was a different relationship between Hope and I. And Hope was very much a different dog. Yeah. Um, 
And sometimes I feel bad about that. I think, should I be missing hope? Because I have Gus. Am I cheating on Gus? <laughs> but no, they're yeah. different animals. They're like people. You can still miss your grandparents and love your parents. And, exactly. And whatnot, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on buying a, I'll just say puppy in this case, from a store versus uh, getting a rescue? So it's not that black and white. I think we want it to be that black and white. You know, yeah. don't do this, do this. Yeah. So here, here's my, the way I think about it all. First of all, you got to identify what kind of companion you need. So is it dog, is it cat, is it guinea pig? Once you figure that out. So let's say it's dog. Then there are some people that need a very specific animal in their life. So for example, an allergenic or non-allergenic dog, yeah. um, they may have to go to a breeder. So then you need to be sure that you're going to an ethical breeder. Yeah. And we have a, a on our website, you can go and print off exactly the questions you should be asking to make sure that you're not supporting puppy mills, which yeah. is what we all don't want to support, the yeah. mass breeding of uh, dogs. So that's the way to handle that. And, and this is why something doodles, what are they? Uh, Golden doodles. Yeah, they're so popular because I guess they're non-allergenic. And, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there, there is a few breeds and, and certainly that's a problem, right? If you want to yeah. have a dog and you can't or your partner can't because yeah. they're, uh, they have an allergy. So I understand that. Yeah. That said, if you have the time, I'd uh, recommend, even if you're looking for an aller- a non-allergenic, do- hyperallergenic dog, is to go to your local shelter, go to your local rescue because they actually get a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a surprise how often purebred dogs end up in yeah. uh, shelters for people. So I, of course, would always recommend shelter first because there's a, animals out there that need your love and help. And until we get that population dealt with, until there's no more dogs and cats in yeah. shelters, let's not make any more is, is yeah. my approach. But if you have to go to a breeder, make sure it's an ethical breeder. Um, the one thing that you simply should not do is go to a pet store and buy a cat or dog because there's no need to do that. And unfortunately, the model typically, not all pet stores, but the model typically supports puppy mills because they need a high volume of animals coming through. Whereas you can find a, a really good breeder who's breeding a litter a year. Uh, you might have to wait longer, but you can find it. So buying them at, at the pet store not good. The other area that's concerning is the whole online Kijiji, if you will, system that's happening. It's very hard for the average consumer because you can go online and see, um, like under Pet Tango, for example, every animal that's available in shelters across North America, basically. And they're all good shelters. They're yeah. Ottawa Humane yeah. Society, Toronto Humane, whoever they are. Yeah. But then you have this other network, uh, typically on the buy and sell sites, yeah. and often those animals are coming from indiscriminate breeders or puppy mills, and they they dress themselves up to look good, but you're supporting that that whole negative system and negative welfare system. So you must be very careful. The uh, the one thing though is like there, if if someone wants a puppy tomorrow. Like the shelters, and and I've had even with my mom, yeah. who's a pretty nice person. I mean, it's a, it was a long time and a lot of check boxes, and it's like, I can I can go buy a kid probably for for cheaper <laughs> and, and less time than this. Like the, it was getting to the point where, I and I think I'm a fairly reasonable person. I was like, you know what? Let's just go. To the, let's just go to the pet store and get something. Like it was that close, right? Uh, and I understand they don't want to just give pets to any uh, give pets to just anyone. So that because this was. Uh, um, it wasn't like grossly mis- uh, abused, but it was, you know, neglected, I guess is the right. right word. Um, 
so I understand you don't you don't want to you know just keep the, the the but sometimes it's like this is uh, you know um, an older lady who's got you know a stable job a stable home um, you know they interviewed me they interviewed some other folks and it's like okay what else do you really need like so it sometimes it there it almost seems like the the shelters so, and and again it's a generalization from our experience but it seems like they go they're they're not helping themselves so there ha- there can be issues with barrier to access i think yeah. is what you're talking about yeah. is how many hoops do i have to yeah. jump through yeah. um and certainly uh, humane societies and SPCAs across the country are dealing with that because it's feedback that they've gotten and they understand, yeah. right? Uh, so how do you balance out exactly what you just said? Making sure that the animal's going to a good home and a home that can sustain that uh, versus uh, keeping people out. <laughs> like, right? yeah. It, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't make sense. So I think you'll find more and more streamlined systems within humane societies and SPCAs. I can't speak to rescues yeah. and, and uh, breed-specific rescues yeah. either. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's better to walk through that f- process. You'll get the same at a breeder as yeah. well than it is to turn around and just get a quick hit yeah. from the from a puppy mill, yeah. basically, because yeah. you're just re-supporting um, and recreating this very negative wheel of, of abuse. And you don't know what you're going to get with a puppy mill dog. Yeah. At least if you think about it with a shelter dog, you're getting a dog that's been fully vet checked, spayed and neutered, given all its shots. So people sometimes say, well, they're expensive, but they're expensive because they've got a ton of vet services in them. And in most cases have had a full behavior check and a consultation. So their behavior is improved. They'll work with them until they're ready to be adopted. Whereas if you go to a pet store, for example, you buy from a puppy mill, Unfortunately, so often nowadays they have terrible behavior problems and disease, bad diseases. Yeah. So you don't, you end up not having yeah. a dog for very long. But again, unfortunately, we're we're in the society we want it now. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> so again, and, and <laughs> yes. my mom was, you know, yep. she's older. Yeah. Uh, so she could wait, but it was getting to the point where it was like we almost just said, you know what, forget it. We'll just go somewhere. Well, I'm else. glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and we're lucky with Bo. He had some health issues, but yeah. he's a very nice dog and. Uh, and he's helped my mom's wellness and my wellness. And, and you're right. Like I, now I'm like, I've become an old softy in my old age. <laughs> and like, I look at a dog and I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like the same thing with babies. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's, and you're right. Like it's, I'd say it's the, uh, there's a the, chemical yeah, it's reaction. Like it's the chemicals that are getting yeah. to me. Um, couple things before, uh, I want to be mindful of your time. I know you're, you're a busy lady. Um, and this is a question I ask all my guests. What does wellness mean to you? Wellness means to me that overall sense of peace and happiness inside my body. Are you talking about human wellness yeah, or animal wellness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, you can also define animal wellness too. That'd be great. Because yeah, it's not something we, we, we think about. Yeah. Um, well, in, in fact, they're somewhat similar in, in many ways. So to me, that overall sense of peace and well-being is what wellness is. And how I maintain that is through exercise and I'm very, uh, I'm really into good eating, healthy food mixed with a lot of chocolate and chips. So I like to blend (laughs) my consumption, but it makes me happy. And then doing work that I feel is integrally important to my value system, but I also hope improving the world in some way. And so I don't expect to be happy 100% of the time, quite frankly. And to me, that's part of wellness is how do you move up and down through happiness, 
you know, ennui, kind of boredom through sadness and back up again. And so if you if you have a high sense of wellness, then you can navigate those waters. So I think that's really important. So that's what wellness is to me. And knowing where you generate your wellness from. So I know what makes me happy and I know what Gus. is important. Yeah. Gus, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. And, and not having a dog for two years, yeah. not realizing just how important uh, my companion animals are to me. Um, knowing how important when I go on my walks in the morning bef- when I had that two-year lapse I wasn't having the time to just be out in the greenery and I love it and it contributes highly to my wellness so Gus forces me to do that as far as animal wellness goes uh, it's similar in that one of the things we have to be careful with particularly around dogs is dogs are pack animals and we tend to now in our culture bring them home and leave them alone for eight to 10 hours or 12 hours and that is not a good sense of wellness for a dog because they want to be with a pack they want to be with whoever they perceive to be their pack so making sure that we're looking at the systems around our animal making sure that they are getting enough time and stimulation with whoever they perceive to be their pack whether that's getting another animal or it's making sure you're home or you know i hope more people can bring them to the office making sure they're well fed and then getting lots of exercise lots of play time all those things that stimulate us stimulate them as well um I worry that we're building particularly dogs uh, that are just bored all the time because they get out just for a few minutes and they're alone the rest of the time. So I also want to be careful that we're not using dogs and cats to make us happy, but we're forgetting that we're not making them happy. So it has to be a two-way street. And their wellness is completely dependent on what we give them because they're, they can't control their own life. As we know, if we leave a steak on the on the uh, on the counter, they will devour it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gus and, and Gus is a great office dog. He's with me all the time. Yeah. But when uh, and he'll spend a lot of time laying on the couch in our office, upside down, sound asleep. Yeah. But when uh, Tucker is in or the puppy, yeah. they play nonstop eight hours. Yeah. Like we have to break them apart and make them go to separate corners. Yeah. So I know that if he had the choice, yeah. he wouldn't be sleeping all day. And even now, even even with us. Yeah. He's, uh, he's bored to some degree. So being aware of what your animal needs and making sure that you provide it. And just being, I talk to my kids about this when they, when I say, would you feed Gus or make sure he has water? And they'll complain and, or we should go for a walk with Gus. And I, they'll complain. And I say, you know, we're his gatekeeper. He can't eat if we don't feed him. He can't get water and he can't let himself out the door. So we must be always mindful that we're providing Gus with what he needs. Very cool. Uh, where can people find out more about uh, the organization? Uh, HumaneCanada.ca. And uh, are you on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter, uh, Humane Canada, and same with so, uh, Facebook. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for, for sharing some uh, some wellness tips for, for, for pets and for sharing some of that experience and uh, telling us about the difference between cats and dogs and, and, <laughs> and kind of the history of it. And it's something, I, I'll be honest with you, I never really thought. Like, it's just... I'm not in this world, so yeah. it's nice to, to get uh, to get a um, you know from a totally different perspective. So, Great. Well, thank you so much for spending the time. It's fun to talk about it, <laughs> yeah. and in a very relaxed kind yeah. of atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Uh, you've been listening to Wellness Wednesdays. I am your host, Eric Clark. Until next week, be well. <laughs>